Hello, you are listening to a new episode of My Own Two Hands, a public affairs program all about sustainability, where we bring you voices of people who are innovating and practicing sustainable solutions in the Roaring Fork Valley and beyond. My name is Adrian Victor Fielder. I'm an assistant dean at Colorado Mountain College and a co-founder of our bachelor's program in sustainability. And I'm here with my esteemed co-host, Adele Kraft. Hello, hello. I'm really excited to be here today. I am Adele, and I graduated from CMC with a Bachelor of Arts in Sustainability Studies. Sustainability and community are absolutely, and education are some of my biggest passions. I work for the Andy Zanke Youth Empowerment Program as the program manager, and I'm just super excited to be here. So thank you for listening to Katie and Kay and tuning in today. Woo-woo! <laughs> that was the voice of our guest for today's show, she and Mar. Would you like to introduce yourself? Oh, yeah, I can go ahead and do that, I guess. Um, I don't like putting myself in boxes, but an awesome one that Adrian had earlier, in addition to my tree-loving dendrophyte, is a radical a pagan, <laughs> which I think is <laughs> re- it's a good, uh, you know, back to my Celtic roots. So I think that is really appropriate. I heard you were a microphile too. Yeah, a microphile. Um, I mean, it's uh, the natural world is just really amazing out there. So thanks for having me on the show today to talk about some of my favorite things. Sustainment, where I met both of you two, was through the college. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah, let's let's <laughs> talk about some of your favorite a things. A few some of my of your, favorite things. Exactly. Some of dun, your dun, sustainability dun, 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 passions. Yeah. Um, well, so a big thing is just kind of being in back in right relationship with the world. I think you guys both are really good examples of that um, and giving back to this community. And so that's been really inspiring, being somebody that didn't grow up here but has been out here for six years. So coming out here not really knowing too many people. And then um, just seeing the amazing network, the farmer's markets really alive, Um, seeing it not just produce, but meat producers as well as people doing fungus, you know, uh, like Toadstool and um, so many other places. Um, And so, yeah, it's really interesting and a really inspiring place to see uh, so many people come together to do. Absolutely. That's a really interesting thing I found about the Roaring Fork Valley when I first moved here, coming from urban places. I lived in uh, New York City for eight years before Carbondale, Chicago for five years before that, and suburban places before that for, for most of my life. But coming here, I, I had never been a part of a, of a community where so many people had so much contact with so many other people meaningful contact and meaningful relationships where it's a place you can make things happen as a result of that. Yeah, that's such a beautiful thing about our community. I love being able to walk into the grocery store or I'm on a hike or I'm going to the dog park and I see people that I know by name that I can have conversations with, make connections with, and just like Adrian said, make things happen in our community. 
Absolutely. You've been making things happen for a while now. And the funny thing about you, Sheehan, is <laughs> among many others, um, our meeting was uncanny because I kept hearing stories about you and all these people that are my soul brothers and sisters were telling me, oh, you got to meet Sheehan Marr. He's so cool. And it took us like, I don't know, three years to it meet. It did take a while because I do remember hearing a lot of things about you, like at the college people like, oh, you should meet up with Adrian. He started, you know, like you're just a legend at the Carbondale <laughs> campus that like left this void. Where you were and, working. Yeah, which yeah. is where I started working. And then Which uh, is the site of our first first food forest at, at That's the right, yeah, which yeah. I still which I now make an effort to connect students with after uh, taking your permaculture class. And I was then, like, we're gonna start here. The day we finally met was actually with Adele. You were the reason that we met. Oh my god, oh, we were really? doing that trash cleanup. Oh, down on like, the Rio I didn't Grande. Yeah. That was Trail. the first time we met. Was? That oh was the first god. time we met in person. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Oh my god. That seems like years ago. <laughs> well, it probably was. Yeah. Um, well, you know, Adrian and I know you pretty well, but for those in the community that don't know you, can you tell us a little bit more about yeah. who you are, how you got involved in sustainability? Um, yeah. So I moved out here like six years ago. Mama Sopris called me out here. Uh, and I asked I I just fell in love with the valley. I'd always backpack out here every year and every summer. Um, and was just like, I want to live under you and be in service. And I found this job later that day. And I was like, okay, I guess it's happening. Um, and so at that time, I was working as an herbalist in a traditional Chinese medicine clinic in Fort Collins. Um, but sustainability was started way before that. Um, I guess craft beer, I usually say it was like my gateway substance into uh, sustainability. Was it, it catnip? <laughs> no, it wasn't catnip. Uh, it was probably hops and, and yarrow, actually. It was doing, oh. we were making it a Groot beer and like researching the old history of that, how these old European, uh, you know, they throw yarrow in and these other bittering things before yeah, hops. Oh. Before Very hops. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, Belgians are just really creative types. They weren't like the Germans. They would throw whatever the farms were growing, they would throw into their beers, herbs fruit stuff like that so it was really uh this whole new this whole new world i guess and creativity that kind of got me into that. i gotta ask you about that um if we may so digress yeah um and we'll get back to your story but this um this thing about hops is so interesting to me and i learned recently thanks to our teacher stephanie oh yes um, that uh, hops were mandated by the uh, German beer purity laws of the 1500s because the Catholic Church was concerned about some of those other bittering agents, in particular European wormwood, mm. because <laughs> it has a tendency to make you a little randy. Yeah, yeah, wormwood for sure. For those that don't know wormwood, absinthe is one of those substances that can be dis uh, processed from it. Yeah, and then if you think about yarrow, to a really great medicinal one. Um, and yeast wasn't originally included in that law because they didn't even know that. That, that was right, what was right, making right. it. So the, the Catholic Church, uh, they wanted them to fall asleep. <laughs> so this is why hops were mandated. And this is why we have so many bitter, hoppy beers these days. Mm -hmm. Is this true? Uh, yeah, I mean, it is our primary bittering agent in a lot of stuff um, because a lot of Americans, we like sugar and salt more than we do like bitter. So I think it's interesting that this IPA uh -huh. has kind of found yeah. this little niche. 
Uh, and hops is also very estrogen. It's one of the more estrogenic plants too. So I think it's kind of funny that you get a lot of like burly Northwest men <laughs> drinking IPAs with like, but maybe it's putting them on edge, you know, cause they got their coffee uh -huh. to get them going. And then the IPA just kind of yeah. relax them at the end of the day. Now, do you, yeah. Do you <laughs> use um, hops to, to help go like fall asleep? Uh, so I used to, yeah, when I used to grow hops, I would pick them and then uh, you could put them in like a little, uh, throw them in your pillow, like kind of wrap them up, throw them under your pillow. And then depending on the hop variety, I think they, they're very aromatic and they smell really mm -hmm. good. Um, and then I just, I don't have problems sleeping anymore. So I don't really go to some sleep agents, but hops is a really good one for that. Wormwood is also amazing if you want to like stimulate your dreams and like trying to kind of reconnect mm -hmm. with that side of you, like that, that, uh. That side, it's really good. And full moons, do some wormwood tea. See what you get. So do you talk to plants? I do. How do you talk to them? Like I'm, not, like I'm talking to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? So, so just pretend like I'm the nettles on your shirt. Okay. Well, it, gets, it depends on the plant and the personality, no, you know, I'm like, I'm, yeah, nettles, you know, you got to be, you can't just run up and hug nettles, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. Or Rose, you know, Rose, you kind of got to like ease on uh, yeah, into it yeah. um, versus other ones. Like I love high five and aspen tree branches, you know, that are hang down and stuff. So yeah, don't do that to the nettle. Yeah, don't, don't. You could. <laughs> I mean, idea. well, I have had some coworkers the last year at the Forest Service up at the Maroon Bells I was working and I had um, my hammy, my hamstrings are kind of tight from hiking. And I had one of my friends, Onyx, I was like, Onyx can we cut off this little nettle branch and will you whip me with it, whip my legs with it? And they were like, are you serious? I'm like, please, because nettles, that stinging is actually uh, a rubific. It brings blood to the surface. And so people with like arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, or when I'm sore, I'm like, just whip me with it. And it stings, it activates for, that but it activates it. And then like yeah. 15 minutes, 20 minutes later, I'm like, oh, I'm not, I don't feel it anymore. I, like it broke up yeah. that lactic acid or whatever that was do in there. You, do you find that action also stimulates the immune system? I think so. I don't know. I couldn't tell you exactly right off the bat, but I mean, it was definitely a vital stimulant when your body's like, what is that tingly feeling <laughs> that is getting me? So, yeah, nettles. Well, you were talking about uh, your job with the Forest Service, and we were just talking about how you got a, an internship. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So it's so a funny thing. Like, you know, seven, six years ago, I was hiking in these mountains, in the Elk Mountains, and, I'd be, and I was like, oh, I wish I could just study, like, hydrology and soils out here. And uh, lo and behold, uh, not, um, I got this really opportunity through Colorado Mountain College. They have a partnership with the U.S. Forest Service. It's called the Rocky Mountain Land Steward land management stewardship program. And I was fortunate enough to be uh, in their most recent cohort. And this summer... I'm going to be out in the field with um, Ryan, who's their chief soil scientist uh, for White River National Forest. So we're going to be out there. Ryan Sparhawk. Yeah, Ryan Sparhawk. So really cool guy. Uh, he's really inspiring, and he's been giving me a lot of like cool material for me to geek out even further on. So I'm pretty excited for he that. He came up with a good plan for you. Yeah. I'm pretty – it's like literally a dream come true. So I do you want like. to say more, more about that? Yeah, I don't yeah. want to like – yeah, I don't know who's – tune out all the people that don't like talking about soil sciences, I guess, since we're geeking out here. Um, but yeah, they're doing, the Forest Service is doing some really cool projects with different mulching techniques up in the Grizzly uh, Creek Fire area up in Glenwood. And so we're going to be doing some of that, setting up monitoring stations, and then also working with uh, a lot. The thir There's 13 different ski resorts that the White River National Forest 
encompasses. And so that's a huge footprint on our landscape. Um, and so we got, you know, there's a lot of different stakeholders that use our forests. I've learned from last year and going into this year. And I want to just give props to our yeah. supervisors out there that manage those myriad of needs from recreationists to, you know, people doing agriculture that are managing animals on there and livestock uh, to people recreating year round to ski resorts to it's just it's just really it's really remarkable that how many different people get involved. Um, I recently learned, thanks to Roger Poirier, who um, visited uh, CMC um, back in November for a dual mission summit, which is the idea that CMC is now one of a very small list of schools in the country that are dual mission institutions, meaning we are both community colleges and bachelor degree uh, college. And um, he came and explained that White River National Forest has 18 million visitors per year and that wow. this is more than the Grand Canyon, Yosemite, and Yellowstone combined comes to 15 million, wow. which is 3 million less than the White River National Forest. Isn't that crazy? Our backyard. And, yet, and yeah. we also give more money back to the federal government than we actually get back from the federal government. And so we're kind of suffering from this, like, getting love to death. I think we're seeing that in a lot of different parts in Colorado where – we just don't have the capacity to uh, right now. And so yeah. I think there's a shred act is what's trying to get passed where it would allow us this, to keep more of the money that we make from the leasing of the ski resorts gotcha. so that we could do more projects here, more restoration, you know, yeah, so, and protect yeah. it. So, so you're going to be doing restoration in Grizzly Creek this summer, and that is a direct result of the fire that happened there. So you're, you're trying to get our land climate ready climate change ready you're trying to build resilience yeah or at least learn how to best build resilience from nature right because i'm just coming at it as an amateur um with just big op eyes open and just observing i think that's something that i love to just do is like observing relationships and and seeing those flows um and uh like i think we went we were up on basalt mountain a few times doing receding and um i also love to take uh do lead a class up there almost every year where you can see where the burn fire went and where it stopped and then to see now the coming back after year after year to just see how it's changed and grown and the aspens are now as tall as us and the oaks are getting there and there's just so much mm -hmm. osha and fireweed and then hollyhock which is a plant that I never really got to work with until Basalt Mountain Fire. And I was like, did somebody plant all this? Like, how did this? I'm like, this is calling to me there. And so I did more research. And I was like, oh, there's a species that is yeah, native here exactly. to Colorado. But it can the seed can stay dormant for like 80 years waiting wow. for a fire. Mm -hmm. And what is some of the best medicine? And like for fire, like heat and smoke and irritation is hollyhock. It's in that marshmallow family. Mm -hmm. And so... There was the, then then we had the Grizzly Creek fire going that year. And so I was making hollyhock tea with the flowers and it was helping with the dryness and the irritated mm -hmm. eyes and the irritated throat. And 
it was really cool to connect a lot of people with that medicine. Mm. I had, the, I was like, this is one of my new favorites. Mm. And then to share that and other people are like, oh my God, I'm taking some seeds and planting it in my garden. And it's like, yes. You That's know what amazing. I love to do with hollyhock is um, take the leaves when they're still pretty, pretty young. Mm -hmm. um, not necessarily small, but like not bitter yet. And just uh, substitute for tortilla. Just make some burritos oh. in there because it's a tasty little little leaf. And That's, I've never done that. Do you that. steam them? First? No, no, you don't okay. have to. You know, um, unless it was a little more advanced. But like, you know how like you can get those lettuce wraps. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. it's just the same idea, but with Ooh. this native plant and medicine. Yeah. And that's like a good yeah. leaf. Yeah, that holds up. I'm stealing that. <laughs> <laughs> Are you teaching some other stuff at CMC coming up here? Uh, yes. So the next classes coming up are going to be through the CMC Community Education Portal. Um, and they're starting up in March. Is My first one's going to be Introduction to Herbalism and um, Energetics. So kind of just teaching everybody. It's going to be very interactive. We're going to be trying hot, cold, moist, drying things. Just kind of like get in touch with our bodies and develop that feeling sense. So that way when we encounter stuff, hopefully later down the year for people that want to keep taking my classes, um, we'll just kind of build on those organoleptics and then being on the field, um, building upon that. So You're listening to My Own Two Hands, a public affairs program about sustainability. We are here today with Sheehan Marr, who is a plant whisperer, among many other things. And um, he's telling us right now about his a series of classes um, that he's teaching at CMC in the upcoming um, months here. And um, I, I believe I know where you can sign up for those classes, but I think that when you go there, you have to know the name, the title oh. of the class. So what are we? You're right. So I think you can also just look up your name. Yeah. So they should have uh, my name, which is Sheehan Mar, but the last name it's Gaelic, so it's M E A G A. But if you just type Sheehan, S H E E H A N, it should pull up. Or under outdoor, I think there's like a theme for outdoor. It'll pull up. Most of those. And what are the titles again? Um, one is going to be the Herbal Actions is one of them. And then we're doing Medicine of the Trees, which is going to be an indoor class where we talk about just the trees that grow here in Colorado and their medicinal uses. Um, and then we're doing a Medicinal Weeds class kind of like uh, in April, May, I want to say, uh, as they start to bloom up here so that we can harvest some stuff and try it. I like to make all of my classes very interactive if they have to be in the classroom. And then for Arbor Day, I'm going to be doing a class out in the field, uh, location to be determined where we're going to get to know intimately in the field several Colorado native species um, here in the Roaring Fork Valley. So, oh, great. Yeah. Are you going to be doing that this summer? And then this summer, I'm also going to be doing a series uh, where I take people to local parks. That was kind of what I did this year. I love how CMC has been really cool, as well as the Picking County Senior Center. They hire me. For oh, some awesome. gigs too, and they've been really like just let me wear my freak flag and be like, "Can I teach a class about this?" And they're like, "Sure, go for it," you know. Uh, and so it's been really cool that the community has been receptive to um, these things, which is really encouraging, you know. And I, whenever at the end I teach one of my any of my classes, I ask, "Who did you connect with?" You know, today, and it's really cool nice. seeing that everybody connects with what nobody's ever been. I haven't connected with anything, you know. So yeah. it's really cool yeah. to nice. see. I'm like, yes, got you. Like now you're 
Grandelia's got you or whatever. When we're offline, let's plan on maybe a date where we could have you and the permaculture class together. Yes, I would love to. Yeah, like I love. Um, it's funny. The universe has kind of really been like the senior center thing. I never would have thought seniors. Now they're like my favorite group every month. I love going up to them um, and just learning so many different things. Like once there was a woman who was like, I was talking about nettles. We were drinking nettle tea. I brought out nettles to show, you know, that it stings and was talking about arthritis. And I, you know, I don't have arthritis and I've always said it's good for arthritis, but I've never tested it on myself. And this woman was whipping herself in the back of the room. And then afterwards came up and she goes, I have arthritis and I am not in pain right now. Wow. And so it was every, at the end of every one, some person comes up and I'm just like crying at the end of every one because <laughs> I'm just like, oh my God, this is so moving. Like, well, that's so yeah. powerful. And it's the things that you're talking about in action. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So yeah. it's good to, yeah, I love our community. There's so many open-minded people here that it's, it's brought a really cool diverse. We only have a few more minutes, and that's something that I really want to talk about a little bit more is that community aspect. And I know that you are someone who really cares deeply for your community and also cares about, you know, taking care of yourself and being an active participant in our ecosystems. So I'm curious, you know, one thing we talk about a lot in sustainability is kind of the doom and gloom. There's a lot going on in the world that can make us sad or feel like a great sense of loss or uncertainty. And I'm curious how you balance your own wellness, taking care of your community, taking care of the planet, if you could speak to that a little bit. Well, that's a great question. And wow. Um, <laughs> you know, honestly, I think uh, I got this from Robin Wall Kimmer, who wrote Bringing Sweetgrass. And she said, you know, if you start your day with gratitude, mm. um, then you're not coming at it from a mindset of what you're lacking. You're coming into the day with the mindset of what you have. And so for me that, you know, in the spring where I live, I wake up to the dawn chorus of the birds every day. And so that led me to like get some bird feeder, like first research, like what are good, what's good bird seed that's not introducing <laughs> non-native invasive species to my area ecosystem. Um, but then finding, you know, black sunflower seed and then cultivating that relationship and then seeing the birds every morning and in the feeder and lately I've been throwing uh, pinion seeds out and the pinion jays come out and they're like mm. the, the most social mm. little things. Mm -hmm. And so for me, just getting out of looking at my phone or TV that's doom and gloom and just looking out the natural world and there's just so much out there and then it's so inspiring that it makes you want to protect it, right? Mm -hmm. So there's so much get to out. be grateful for. Put down your phone. And get outside. <laughs> Make you put your phone down. Put your phone down. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I can answer the question I had earlier that I asked you and that you so gracefully avoided. And it was, <laughs> how do you talk to plants? Um, and um, it, because I've seen you do it. And I've seen you teach. And you are an embodiment of that right relationship. You, you... Wow. You inspire people as a teacher because you love the web of life and you feed the holy that is all around us and that whom upon whom we depend. And so um, when you talk to plants, you're just so full of reverence and respect. Oh, I'm going to start crying now. <laughs> 
Well, I'm glad other people feel that. So you are there to learn from them, and that yeah. is a, a beautiful thing. Well, you do it too. So I want you to think. Yeah, you're very inspiring. Both of you are, and and we all give back in other ways. That's the cool thing about permaculture is that it's a social, too, and we always forget that. And so, but you don't. You two are great examples of social permaculture in action. So I love you well, both. Thank, thank, you. thank you so much. Aww, thank you so yeah. much for joining. Thank us you for today. having me on. Aww. Absolutely. Before we wrap up, is there any? Final words you want to leave with the listeners? Anything else you want to say? Just get out in your uh, in your yard or on your walk and just uh, try to build a connection with some. Don't see everything in the natural world as an it, but as like a living thing and, and honor that. So, Yeah, don't wait for other people to do it, folks. Let's change the world with our own two hands. Mm. Thank you so much for joining us today, Sheehan, and thank you for tuning in to KDNK. Oh, I love you with my own two hands here holding my Aww. heart. Thank you both. I love Careful it. now. <laughs> <laughs> That's actionable. a better place with my own two hands make a kind of place oh with my own with my own two hands with my own with my own two hands with my own with my own two hands I can make a peace on earth with my own two hands Two hands.